بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم الحمد لله رب العالمين وصلى الله وبارك على الأشرف الأنبياء والمرسلين نبينا محمد وعلى آله وصحبه كثيرا عما بعد حياكم الله جميع أبارك الله فيكم الحمد لله we in our previous lesson completed the second asal the second foundation which was in relation to the deen of Islam. Right, what is the deen of Islam? And, of course, that follows on from the first, which is the foundation regarding Man Rabbuk, who is your Lord? And so, you have the third from these three foundations and these three principles, which is in relation to the Nabi Muhammad Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam. And so, Shaykh al-Islam Muhammad Abdul Wahhab, he mentioned, وَعَصْلُ الثَالِثِ مَعْرَفِسُ نَبِيِّنَا نَبِيَّكُمْ مُحَمَّدٍ صَلَى اللَّهِ وَسَلَّمُ هُوَ مُحَمَّدٍ بِنْ عَبْدِ اللَّهِ بِنْ عَبْدِ الْمُطَلِبِ بِنْ حَاشِمْ وَحَاشِمْ مِنْ قُرَيْشِ وَقُرَيْشِ مِنْ الْعَرَبِ وَالْعَرَبِ مِنْ ذُرِيَةِ الْإِسْمَعِيلِ بِنْ إِبْرَاهِيمِ الْخَلِيلِ منها أربعون قبل النبوة وثلاثة وعشرون نبيا ورسولا. And so we have this third principle, which is the knowledge and the affirmation of our Prophet Muhammad صلى الله عليه وسلم. Thereafter, Sheikh Islam Muhammad ibn Abdul Wahhab mentions, يعني some part of his nisab, some part of his lineage, mentions his name Muhammad ibn Abdullah ibn Abdul Muttalib. Ibn Hashim. Muhammad Abdullah ibn Abdullah ibn Hashim. And Hashim was from the Quraysh, yani the tribe of Quraysh. And the Quraysh were from the Arab. And the Arab were from the Zuriyat al Ismail, yani from the offspring of Ismail alayhi salam, who was the son of Ibrahim, the Khalid of Allah. And he lived. The Prophet sallallahu alaihi wasallam lived for sixty-three years. Forty of them before prophecy, and twenty-three of them as a prophet and a messenger. Nubi'a bi ikra wa ursila bil mudathir, and he was given the prophecy by way of the word ikra, yani surah al-alaq, and. He was given the message by way of the word Al-Mudathir. Al-Mudathir, Surah Al-Mudathir. And so, here we have the introduction to the third يعني, foundation. The third foundation referring to that of the Prophet Muhammad wasallam, And having knowledge of his reality. And having knowledge of him in terms of that which is legislated in relation to him, alayhi salatu wasalam, regarding his lineage, as well as where he lived, or where he, his, which land he's from, and in relation to that which he came with, yeah, in the sunnah, from the book of the sunnah. And this is, from the most important of affairs that we must pay attention to. I had a sunnah of the Prophet and who he is and what he came with. 
As for the first thing in relation to his nesab, his lineage, the last mention is Huwa Muhammad ibn Abdullah ibn Abdul Muttalib ibn Hashim wa Hashim ibn Quraysh. Wa Quraysh ibn Arab, but Arab ibn Buryaz Ismail ibn Ibrahim. And so, the first thing mentioned are his name, his father's name, Abdullah, his grandfather's name, was Abdul Muttalib. Thereafter, Hashim. And Hashim was from the tribe of Quraysh. And Quraysh were from the Arabs. And the Arabs were يعني, from the descendants of Ismail. Here, when it mentions يعني, the Arabs from the descendants of Ismail, Ibn Ibrahim, that is referring to Ismail being what is, what is referred to as Musta'arab. That he, alayhi salatu was Musta'arab, Ismail. Musta'arab meaning he became Arab. Now, so he learned the Arabic language, he learned the, the, the language of the Arabs. You have the Arab, which were from the original lineage of Arabs, and he had those Arab which were Musta'arab. And that was came from the, from the, the uh, lineage, which were, yeah, anyone came from the lineage of Ismail. And hence, when Shaykh al Islam, Muhammad Abdul Wahab, refers to Ismail as, yeah, he's an Arab, they know that he's an Arab, but with Adak, yeah, to say more precisely, who are, yeah, he was He was those that really learned the Arabic language and became from amongst the Arabs. Thereafter, Shaykh al-Islam, Muhammad Abdul Wahab, he mentioned يعني, the life of the Prophet وسلم, that he lived for 60 years, 63 years. He lived for 63 years. 40 of them before prophecy and 23 as a prophet and a messenger. And he became a prophet by way of the word Iqra. Yani Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala Revealed to him the word Iqra. And revealed to him the Surah Al Iqra, in Bidayatiha, Ila Kaulihi, Alam al Insanama, Lam Yana. To the state of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala that he taught insan mankind that which he did not know. Thereafter, the wahi ended or stopped for a period of time. Thereafter, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala commanded the Prophet وسلم, with conveying the message to the ummah. By way of his statement, Ya iwal muddathir kum fa'andir. By way of his statement, all you who is in enveloped garments, stand and warn. And so, with this, we understand that the Nabi alayhi salatu was salam, just as all the prophets were, came as Bashira wa Nadira. They came to their people as individuals that give glad tidings and warners. They gave glad tidings of the reward for the one that adhered to the commands of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. 
And they're glad tidings to the one that adhered to the commands of Allah and obeyed Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And adhered to Tawheed, essentially. And was obedient to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And they came with a warning. Warning their nations against the disobedience of Allah. At the head of that disobedience, no doubt, it should be Allah, associated partners with Allah. And so, with that we understand as well that the nature of the wahi, the nature of the revelation is that it was sent to the Prophet in parts. To the extent that it will be sent, and then there'll be a period of time where it would cut off. And it's said another part will be sent. And with this, the first affair that was sent, and the first part of the revelation that was sent to the Rabbi Sallallahu was the Yani what Ikra, read. Thereafter, that which was sent to him was the Surah Mudathir. Where he now is establishing the affair of the warning. Warning the ibad, warning the servants of Allah. And the commanding with the worship of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Now, thereafter, it mentions that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala sent him وسلم, to warn the people against shirk and call them to tawheed. And with this indar, this word indar, yani linguistically, is referring to yani, informing someone of something or bringing something to someone's attention, which is a means of taqweef. Yani bringing about fear and the causation of fear as well. Make someone, make, make someone understand that it's when you warn someone, the warning, the intent of the warning is so that they fear the consequence of their action. And so, this indar is no different when it came to the discussion about shirk, that warning against shirk. When you have the discussion regarding shirk itself, you have shirk in terms of I's definition of what it is, but it's usually defined as well by way of its ahuba, by way of the punishment that comes with it. And that punishment and the, meaning, and the reason for it being defined in such a way is that the person fears the consequence of the shirk itself. So when you have that clear distinction, for example, between shirk al-akbar and shirk al-askar, the major shirk and minor shirk, is generally defined by way of its akhubah, by way of, of that which comes from the consequence of it. So the individual knows that if he falls into a major shirk, I, the, the, the result of that in this life is that he's not amongst the Muslims. That he is exited from the fold of Islam. Whilst the consequence for this individual in the Akhirah is that the individual will be within the hellfire for eternity. And thereafter, the Shukr Asla mentioned that the person is upon major sin. It's not made for the Islam, it's a major sin. Whilst the person may enter the hellfire by way of it, but will not be in the hellfire for eternity. So this is the manner in which you find shirk is defined as a means of taqweef. That people fear falling into it, a fear falling into it due to its consequences. And so with this, the Prophet 
warn the people against shirk, and that is the greatest form of ma'asiyah. That's the greatest sinful act that a person could commit. And this is what the kuffar of Quraysh were upon. Before the message and before the mission of the Prophet in the time of Jahidiyyah. And when you contemplate upon this, Barakallahu Fikrikum, the period of Jahiliyyah and the evil acts that occurred in Jahiliyyah from them, for example, the burying of the female born, the burying of my life, and from them were the practices of usury, river, from them was the tawaf around the Kaaba, naked. All these actions. But the worst of the actions of the people of Jahiliyyah was the shirk. And this is what the Prophet came and warned against first and foremost. Before all these other affairs that were even heinous within their own way. As he warned them against that, due to the fact that within this time and within this, this action of shirk, it was fasad or dalal was a great evil and corruption and with this the Prophet he warned them against the shirk and commanded them with tawheed and that's the affair of shirk in of itself was one which is evil and disfigured and ugly and so when the person establishes Tawheed in its place, this is when the person is establishing the Haqq in reality. So they remove and they cleanse themselves from the shirk and they put in its place Tawheed and the worship of Allah Ta'ala alone. And then they remove the jahl and the ignorance. Because no doubt the ignorance is what is causing them to disobey Allah. And they replace that with ilm. The place of knowledge. And thereafter, Shaykh al Islam, Muhammad al Duhai, mentions in the first few ayat of Mudathir, Ya Ibn Mudathir, Kum Fa'anvin, Warabu Kafa Kabbir, Othiyaba Kafa Tahir, Waruja Zafah Jur, Walat Hamum Tastakfir, Walirabu Kafa Spir. And these ayahs that I mentioned, I owe, owe you, is enveloped within the garments. Stand and warn, and your Lord, and your Lord, glorify him, and purify, and purify your garments, and avoid the idols. And do not Seek by way of your actions or regard by way of your actions to be that of a favor for your Lord. And remain patient for the sake of your Lord. And so the first we commanded with here was the warning. Right? The warning that should. And so this is the ballad on the Nabi Sallallahu Alaihi Mecca where he lived amongst the Mushrikeen. 
על הסבלת, תסתלנט, או בזהבה, איפה אופרפוס? אשדד. על איזה בס. אוף דה ליינס ונדוניה. And Allah Ta'ala has blessed that land, Ayah Makkah, with honor, has placed within it honor and nobility. And the da'wah of the Prophet Sallallahu began within that land. With the intent of purifying in it, and purifying the Bayt al-Haram. Purifying the land of Mecca and the Bayt al Haram specifically. Because within this was يعني, a place where the idols began to be worshipped. And the Shaykh Sayyid mentions, Fukat Tabat, and who can a whole al Bayt, Falaf for me, was Situn, a Salaman. Tawabad will do need lies over there. That it is it's affirmed that there were 360 idols around the Haram, Masjid Haram. They were taken as idols of worship besides Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And so, with this, they were there and they were present until the Messenger of Allah sallallahu took them and destroyed them in the year of Fatah Makkah. When they conquered Mecca. And so, with this, we understand the nature of that land, and the Barton, the Shirk. And this was the case up until I Fatu Mecca. Well, the Prophet وسلم, conquered Makkah with the companions and they removed the idols and he pointed towards them with the staff and he stated the statement of Allah Taala, wa kul ja'al haqq wa zahaq al-batil inna al-batil kana zahuqa he said indeed the haqq has come and the falsehood has vanished indeed the falsehood within itself has vanished in a complete manner And so, with this as well, you have the mentioning of some of the meanings of the, of the ayat in Surah Al-Mudathir. First and foremost, by the word in Ya Ayyuhal Al-Mudathir. Al-Mudathir, in which the Prophet Sallallahu was sent with this ayah. He was the one who was sent with the ayah that developed by way of the clothes. And this was as a result of the nature or the manner that he, the, 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 the Prophet felt when receiving the wahid. Uh, the shock that he felt was receiving that revelation initially. And thereafter, he mentions, Kum fa'amdir. 
Stand and warn. And this is a khitab in Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. This is an address to the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. For him to warn his people. I to make sure that they fear in relation to that. They fear the punishment of Allah. If they, be, if they continue with what they're upon by way of their shirk and associate partners with Allah. وَرَبُّكَ فَكَبِّرُ أَيْ عَظِّمُهُ بِالتَّوْحِيدِ I glorify and your Lord glorify him. Meaning glorify him by way of tawheed. We understand here, Barakallahu Fikum, is that within these ayat, first and foremost, Allah Ta'ala commands the Nabi alayhi salatu wassalam with the warning. Warning against shirk. Then mentioning, وَرَبُّكَ فَكَبِّرُ Mention to your Lord, then glorify Him. I glorify your Lord. The reason why the warning is mentioned first, in order to remove the shirk, purify the person's ibadah, and then replace it with that which is better, the tawheed, the glorification of Allah Ta'ala alone. And so thus, with this, when it comes to the glorification of Allah, glorify your Lord, the tawheed, then we understand from that is that the person takes on the kalimat of tawheed al-haq. They take on the kalimat of tawheed, the kalimat of la ilaha illallah in its true sense. That they adhere to tawheed, the tawheed of uluhiyah, the tawheed of the worship of Allah, subhanahu wa ta'ala. That they adhere to tawheed, the tawheed of the rububiyah, the tawheed of the lordship of Allah. That they adhere to tawheed, the tawheed of asma'i wa sifat, the tawheed of the names and the attributes of Allah, subhanahu wa ta'ala. That these are the different forms of Tawheed. There's different types. And this is what the text from the book of the Sunnah indicates. And so whoever seeks to perfect that and does the actions that are necessary by way of that, by way of his Tawheed, then this individual is regarded as being the Muwahid. He is the Muwahid. And whoever has a deficiency in that, whether it be in his Rububiyyah, his Tawheed Rububiyyah, or his Tawheed Uluhiyyah, or his Tawheed Asma wa Sifat, and whoever has a deficiency in that, then understand that this person has a deficiency in their Tawheed. And it's a must that they perfect it and complete it. This is the reality. That a person, if he has a deficiency in his tawheed, he doesn't, he doesn't uh, remain complacent upon that reality and accepts this deficiency. Rather, he strives to be that individual that perfects tawheed and completes the tawheed. And so, he com- he com- Allah Ta'ala commanded his Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam and his Ummah. He commanded them with the affair of Tawheed. The Tawheed of Allah. 
to establish Allah Ta'ala's right in all three forms of Tawheed and adhere to them. Thereafter, as I mentioned, with the Yabaka Fatahir, and purify your garments. This purification of the garment, what is meant by that, as mentioned by Shaykh al Islam in the tafsir of the ayah, Shaykh al Islam Muhammad Abdul Wahab, Tahir Amalaka Minashirk. Purify your actions from shirk. And so just as Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has commanded with this affair of warning and adhering to warning and shirk and adhering to Tawheed, thereafter is further emphasized and purify your actions from shirk. And so, this tahara, we refer to tahara, يعني, purification. And tahara is of two types. Purification is of two types, barakallahu feekum. You have a tahara, hisiya, wa tahara, ma'nawiya. Or tahara, ma'nawiya, tahara, tahara, hisiya. So you have purification, which is literal, and you have the purification, which is يعني, by way of its meaning. And so the literal purification is where the person, for example, they use water and they purify a garment. For example, they have some, uh, some impurity upon their garment and they use water to purify it, to clean it away. Then you have a purification which is ma'nawiya. And its meaning. This is, for example, the purification from shirk. A purification of the actions from shirk. That a person makes sure that their actions are done sincerely and purely for the sake of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Due to that, this is why you find in some of the books of hadith, the first hadith which is mentioned is the hadith written by Abu Abu Khattab. In the Ma'amala bin Niyat, where in the Ma'alikuli Imam Ma'anoa, a narration of Abu Ibn Khattab, where he mentioned indeed the actions by their intention, and everyone shall gain by the action that which they intended. The reason why this particular narration is mentioned in at the beginning of the book of purification is because it is an encouragement for the reader, the listener, the talib, the student to purify their actions sincerely for Allah and to purify their intentions sincerely for the sake of Allah. And this, is form, this is the form of purification. And so, when we have the mentioning of purify your actions or purify the thaw, the, the, the thiyab, the garment. This is ma'nawiya, I meaning. I purify your action from the impurity of shirk. Whether it be the major shirk or the minor shirk. 
And along with that as well, Sheikh Zayd mentioned, that the person purifies his actions from يعني, all forms of bid'ah and ma'asi. All forms of innovation, all forms of disobedience. He purifies his actions from all of these things. Why? Because shirk, bid'ah, ma'asi, all of these things are things that bring about impurity to the heart, to the soul, and to the limbs. They bring about impurity to the heart, to the soul, and the limbs. We understand from this as well, Barakallahu Fikr, is that that impurity that resides within the heart, or that facade, that corruption that resides within the heart, that it may eventually become manifest upon the limbs. So you have the individual, you may be an individual that falls into ma'asi. But he does so in secret. Even though he does so in secret, it's still ma'asi. It's still disobedience. And it's still going to have an effect upon the heart. And then when, if this person, the person continues to do that, you may find that it becomes manifest in the way that they carry themselves. Manifest upon the limbs, manifest upon their tongues and how they speak, without a person maybe even realizing. And so, thus, when it comes to the affair of Ma'asi, no doubt, first and foremost, we must be aware, we should always be well aware that Allah Ta'ala is watching. Allah Subhanahu wa Ta'ala is watching. He's well aware of what we do or what resides within our hearts. But likewise, as well, just as a person may fall into a ma'asi, fall into disobedience, yani in private, the reality is, is that, that that affair may not always remain private. Because that which occurs is that when it comes from the ma'a, when it comes from the ma'asi, every form of disobedience contributes to the heart becoming more and more impure. And the heart becomes more and more corrupted. And the heart that becomes corrupted, the heart is, a, it is a indicative of that which will, or the actions from the limbs rather, or the speech that emanates from the tongue, becomes indicative of that which resides within the heart. From way of, by way of that which is good or that which is bad. And so, where it mentions you know, to purify your actions, then no doubt it's a purification of the heart. And that bitali that which follows on from it is that the purification of that which emanates from limbs. Or bitali that which follows on from it is that the purification of the soul comes when a person purifies their actions and purifies their hearts. And with this is the command of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala in order to do that. Likewise as well, it's inclusive of the tahara, hisiyah. Yeah, the literal tahara. The literal purification, which the Prophet Wasallam commanded with. And the ummah have been commanded with. And that's the purification of the garment, purification of the body. 
purification of the place that is taken as the masallah, the place where we pray, establish the prayer. But it's to purify all these things. We purify our body by way of the wudu or the ghusl. We purify our clothing. We purify the place where we pray. Yani, in the literal sense. And so, with this ayah, this ayah is in reference to the general or the meaning in terms of the purification is meaning as well as purification in the literal sense. The two. And thereafter, we have the word arujas, which is the as, which are the asnam, the idols. And the Prophet وسلم, and the Ummah as a whole have been commanded with the hajjah and the abandoning of these idols. And we stay away from them. Because a person cannot have and fulfill a complete Tawheed and perfect their Tawheed except that they stay away from the worship of the idols. And that they... Now, they stay away from the worship of the idols which the, the Kufar and the Quraysh would worship. And so, this goes back to what we were discussing before, previously, when it came to the discussion around Islam and its definition. When its definition as well was a bara'a bin shirk wa ahli. So not only adhering, يعني, not only do we submit to Allah, not only do we adhere to Tawheed, but we must free ourselves from shirk and its people. And so here within this as well is a command that a person abandons the idols. The individual abandons the idols. And this was the religion of all of the Anbiya al-Mursaleen. All of the Prophets and Messengers. And so this affair and this uh, making it clear and apparent and open that you free yourself from shirking as people, this is an affair which is matru. This is something which is sought from us and is required from us. And so, it's not sufficient that a person stops shirk, leaves off shirk, they stop it. It's not sufficient. Rather, you free yourselves from it as well. As is what is mentioned here, a person may stop that, may stop the action. But this doesn't necessitate that the person freed themselves from it. The person may stop the action for another reason. May I a dunya A reason related to the dunya. So, my friend, a person does not see it as profitable in terms of from his masalih, dunya So for the benefits of his dunya to continue to do this, this action. So he may think, for example, that's the meaning of He has a choice. Does he go to his idols and worship his idols or does he work these hours? And he says, okay, I work these hours. So we're not now going to say that the person has fulfilled what is required from his tawheed because he's left off 
the worship of the idols. He no hasn't left off the worship of the idols for Tawheed. And he hasn't freed himself from the affair of worshiping the idols. He just stopped it for another reason. And so what is required from the individual is that he frees himself from shirk and its people. And what we understand from this as well is due to the fact that shirk, no doubt, is the most evil of actions that a person can fall into. The most evil of the sins that an individual can fall into. And so thus, that is why it is required from him that he, that the Muslim, that the Muwahid frees himself from them. And we discussed this as well previously. That this affair of shirk starts to become fair-seeming to the people. It starts to become fair-seeming. And they don't think about shirk in terms of its reality. That a person has established the worship of other than Allah. They have not established the rights of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. That they've fallen into the most evil and egregious action that you could fall into in the, on the face of the earth. And so, you mentioned a clear example of that is that a person may send their children to school, for example. And within the practice of the school, it's shirk. They may be, they may be doing shirk within the school, celebrating Christmas, glorification of Isa, over and above Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And they do this. They send a child there. And then as soon as they start to hear about LGBT and whatever practices that they're doing now, liberalism, then they want to take the child out of the school. However, the child was in the school when the people were associating the partners with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, which is worse. And so it's important that people put everything in its correct place and prioritize everything in its correct place. That you had your child in an environment, possibly, where people were committing the worst sin that you could commit on the face of the earth. And then when something lesser than that comes around, that's when you want to take action. Rather, the action should have been at the beginning. When the person is well aware of the shit. And so, as is mentioned, what is required is the person not only leaves it off, but frees himself from it. Frees himself from the shit. And frees himself from that. Ma'asi as well. Frees himself from disobedience to Allah. Whether that be the disobedience of the people of shirk, or the people of nifaq, or the people of bid'ah. So the ma'asi disobedience, freedom of the disobedience, the greatest disobedience, shirk. Or it frees of the disobedience of the people of nifaq, the hypocrites. Or it frees of the disobedience of the people of innovations. Or it frees of from the people that fall into the kabai, the dhunub, the people that fall into the major sins. He frees of from all of these individuals. Naam. And he frees himself in a manner in that he is able to do so. And so when we understand this great nature of Tawheed, that we understand along with that it's the Miftah Jannah, the key to Jannah. And that is the means of an individual, it's a protection for an individual's blood and his wealth. His honor, no doubt, the one that embraces Islam, his wealth is, his blood is protected. His wealth is protected, his honor is protected. 
this really becomes sacred. And that this affair of Tawheed establishes the clear difference between the Muslims and the Kuffar. Establishes that clear difference between the Muslim and the non-Muslim, the Kuffar. Along with that, after that, Shaykh al-Islam Muhammad Abdul Wahari was the mention that he, that he, Sallallahu Alaihi began to call his people for 10 years, called him to Tawheed for 10 years. And so the Prophet Sallallahu remained in Mecca for 10 years, calling them to establish in Tawheed and making that affair of Tawheed manifest. He called it to the kalim of La ilaha illallah Muhammad Rasulullah. And so, when a person establishes the kalim of the Tawheed, La ilaha illallah, then with that, they establish the worship of Allah Ta'ala alone, whilst freeing themselves from the worship of any form of idols. Whilst Muhammad Rasulullah, that a person has true belief in Iman, in the message. And they believe that the Prophet wasallam has been sent with that message. They has been sent by Allah. And that this muddah, as Sheikh Zayn mentioned, this is the muddah tawila. It's a long period of time, 10 years. Before so he was calling for 10 years. Thereafter, the salah was made an obligation. So it was 10 years before any salah was made an obligation. 10 years before any of the ibadat was made an obligation. Right, so 10 years to make this affair of La ilaha illallah Muhammad Rasulullah firm upon the hearts of the individuals. That they understood this affair. This is the basis. Like anything else, you need strong foundation. The foundations need to be established. Once you establish the foundation, anything else will be built upon that with ease. And so that's why his dawah <coughs> continues for that period of time, that, that period of 10 years, to make it firm and establish that basis of Tawheed. And this is due to the importance of Akhidah. And the knowledge of Tawheed of Allah Ta'ala, the Rabbul Alameen. And so, with that, in that period of time, you found that individuals and groups of men and groups of children and women, as well as the free individuals, as well as the slaves, accepted the da'wah of the Prophet. However, it was a slow process. The manner in which the da'wah was accepted was a slow process, ongoing process. And however, Sheikh Zaydi mentions, However, he still didn't rush. He didn't rush in terms of his da'wah. And so, Rather, he establishes Dawa as a consistent, merciful, patient, wise Dawa. 
and he was soft upon the people as he'd been, as he'd been commanded. And he would address the people good manners, alayhi salatu wasalam. And he would remain patient upon the harms that came upon him. And he would cope and remain patient with anything that came his way, all in the path of da'wah. For indeed, this was his, yeah, it does, to call the people, to call the jinn, to call the ins. To warn them against the actions that will, that necessitated the anger of Allah. Whilst calling them to the action that necessitates the pleasure of Allah. And Jannah. I for the one that obeys Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And follows the messenger sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. And answers the da'wah. He answered the call. Obeyed the da'wah of the Nabi alayhi salatu wa And so, thereafter, Shaykh Zaydi mentioned, and so the amount of the Muslims, the amount that, that embraced the da'wah of the Prophet ﷺ were about 70 from the men and the women. However, this number was a small number in relation to the greater number of the mushrikeen at the time. And so due to that, they still faced great harms and trials from the mushrikeen. And so due to that, the, 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 the Nabi وسلم, commanded his companions to make hijrah into my great to Habashan, Abyssinia, in order for them to establish their deen without hardships or trials, without being harmed. Because within that land was a malik. Within that land was a malik and Najashi. Which the Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa mentioned regarding him. Fiha malikun la yadlimu nasu indahu. And within that, within that land is a malik, the king, who does not oppress the people that are with him. He right? does not oppress these people. And so, with that, they, they made the Hijrah to Habasha, based on that command. And this harm from the Mushriki continued. And they had a reason for this harm coming by way of the Mushriki was the Hasid and Bughyan. And the hatred that they had within their hearts for the Messenger of Allah وسلم, and his companions. 
and their wish for them to remain upon the worshipping of their idols that they put forth. And the Messenger of Allah, Allah Ta'ala, in relation to this group, and the companions supported them, protected them. And these companions made hijrah to Habasha twice. And then the third hijrah was to Al Medina. They made hijrah to Habasha twice, and the third hijrah was to Medina. In which they were able to establish the deen of Islam. I raised the flag of Islam with the aid of the Ansar. I established Islam, or the Islam was established by way of the combination of the Mahajri and the Sar in Medina. And so thus, thereafter, was mentioned after those 10 years of Dawah, in the Ba'd Ashra, the Prophet وسلم, ascended to the Salah and then the five prayers made an obligation upon him. And so, <coughs> this is referred to the Isra' Miraj, which is mentioned in the Quran, and mentioned in the Sahih of the Sunnah, which the Prophet ascended into the Salah from Bayt al-Maqdis and Allah Ta'ala gathered the Anbiya wa Rasul and the Prophets and Messengers and that he Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam established a prayer with them and he led them in prayer And the Shaykh Zaydi mentioned, okay, fear to Dalek, I mean, Amur al Ghayb, and that he lay young Bari, so Allah and Kayfatiha. And so, as for the how, this is from the Ghayb, this is what I'm seeing. And this is not something that we ask about how it occurred. And what is upon us as Muslims to believe in unseen, and that which occurred. And so, he prayed with the promise of messengers in reality. And this is an indication and a clear indication of the virtue of the Prophet as he led them in the Salat. And thereafter, as I mentioned, He ascended into the heavens. And within this narration it mentioned either affair of the salawat being made obligatory and that the salah began as an obligation of 50 times, like 50 prayers. And Musa alayhi salam 
asked the Messenger of Allah sallallahu Muhammad? What did your Lord make an obligation upon you, O Muhammad? And he mentions 50 prayers. And so Musa mentioned, indeed, your ummah will not be able to fulfill that. So return to your Lord and ask for him to lessen it. And so, the Nabi returned to his Lord and asked him for يعني, to listen, to listen to the amount of salawat. And thereafter, he removed 10. And he returned to Musa. And he returned to his Lord between until 10 and 10 were removed. Up until the affair remained upon five prayers. In which the affair remained upon them. The affair remained upon those five salawat. Allah Ta'ala mentioned, Umdiyat Faridati wa khufifat an ibadi khunna khams wa khunna khamsoon. لا يبدل القوم لديه خمس في العدد وخمسون في العجر. And so thereafter, Allah Taala He mentions that that which has come to pass in relation to obligation have been lessened upon my servants. Here they were five, or here they are five, and they were. Before 50. However, there is no exchange between the amount and the ajr. And the amount may be 5, but the ajr, the reward is for 50. As Allah Ta'ala states, فَمَنْ جَاءَ بِالْحَسْنَةِ فَلَهُ عَشْرُ عَمْ ثَالِهَا And whoever does a hasra, a good action, then he has tenfold of its like. If a person does good action of five salawat, he has tenfold of that, he had a reward of 50. And so, this is the relation to the establishing of the salah. The final thing that is mentioned in relation to the affair of Makkah, the Nabi in Makkah, is that he, alayhi salatu wasalam, prayed in Makkah for three years. When he was, when uh, Shaykh al-Islam, Muhammad Abdul Hamid, he prayed in Makkah for three years, he established the prayer as an obligation for those three years after those ten. So initial ten years, there was no obligation to ibadat. Then in the tenth year, the salah was an obligation. For those three years thereafter, the salah was established as an, as an obligation. And so, the affair of da'wah will continue. Yeah, the da'wah of Tawheed and the warning against shirk and the warning against the worship, worship of the idols 
And thereafter, Nabi remained in Mecca for three years whilst establishing the prayer and being taught by Jibreel the Muwakit of Salah, at the times of each Salah, as is mentioned in the hadith in which Jibreel prayed with the Prophet at the beginning of the prayer time and the end of the prayer time, except for Ya'i Maghrib. And which is mentioned as salah bayna hadayni waqtin. And the salah is between these two times. And this is uh, the manner in which this was established. And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, most best. We'll conclude with that part there. Insha'Allah ta'ala, zakhma khaira. Wa barakallahu fikum. Wa sallallahu wa barak. على نبينا محمد وعلى آله وصحبه وسلم